Blog Talk Radio. Sponsored by WomenSpeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian. Welcome to Marnie's Friends, the online training show where experts share insights into aspects of life and leadership that take you from surviving to thriving ASAP. Right now, you are about to discover practical, doable success strategies to shorten your learning curve, increase your productivity, and skyrocket your delight in life. Be sure to thank today's guest by sharing this program via your favorite social media outlet and swing by Marnie.com and give me a shout out too. Now let's get going with today's episode of Marnie's Friends. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Marnie's Friends. Happy to have you along with us this afternoon and can't wait to share this hour with you. Talking about seven secrets of success with our guest today, Dwight Bain. Uh, During this next hour, you are going to discover the biggest obstacle to having a successful life, as well as Oprah's one daily practice she says helped redefine her life and find greater joy, the single greatest enemy blocking a successful life and how to stop it, a Navy SEAL practice that will improve your chances of living in a successful life, the single word that will uncover your inner strength, why people seem to have a lucky success magnet and how you can tap into their secret, another secret to living a meaningful life of success and also a decision that will propel you faster and most steadily towards success. Our guest today is Dwight Bain. He is a trusted media expert on creating a positive life change who is quoted in books, newspapers, websites, and has appeared on over 100 radio and TV shows. You can find out more about him at his website, DwightBain.com. But for right now, let's welcome you to the show. Welcome, Dwight. Oh, thanks so much, Marnie. I'm really uh, happy to be with you and your listening audience because when we talk about this idea of success, everybody says, I want success. If you ask them, do you want a successful life? They go, yes, I want it. And then if you say, could you define it? They kind of get hung up a little bit. And I think today we're going to be able to help your listeners to really make it personal and to be able to craft the kind of life that they want so that they're not so frustrated. Because when people are living out uh, their purpose and their passion, when they're really feeling successful and on purpose, it protects them from so much pain. And and that's a big motivator for me, and I know that's a big motivator for you and and for your production team. Absolutely. I I agree with you, and I I like to, uh, I always teach that, you know, the, the biblical definition of success is loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving your neighbor at yourself, which is fun because, then we can check in with God every night and see how we're doing <laughs> instead of waiting till the end of life to find that out. And then as we go along, living out um, the passions and dreams that he's put in our hearts. So as you're working with people, Dwight, what do you find is the biggest obstacle to a successful life? When I think about the, the, the big obstacle in today's day and age, it's got to be focus because there's so yeah. many distractions You know, I want a good life. Oh, wait a minute, squirrel. I I want a good life. I I really do. I want my marriage to be better. Oh, my goodness gracious, there's a sale at pennies. And there's so many distractions in modern day life that people really don't sit down and focus. And I'll tell you when they do. Uh, And it happened to me almost 11 years ago. I was on my way to go to Iraq and Afghanistan as a guest of the United States Army working with troops during the surge of 2006, and I had a heart attack. 
And mm. I say it's the heart attack that saved my life. Because I was busy mm. doing so many things, but I was missing out on time with my, my kids, missing out on time with my family. And it's like, well, you know, Dad's got an important job. He's got to go help all around the world. But in reality... I wasn't focused. I wasn't intentional. I wasn't purposeful. So if I can get people to focus on success and what that means to you, for some people it means I need to work on my health. I mean, just even before we started talking today, Marnie, I got a uh, an email from a buddy who's probably 150 pounds overweight, and he said, I've got some health challenges, and I'm just asking my friends to pray for me because I mm-hmm. have to do something, or the doctor says, this is really going to lead to, you know, either a heart attack or a stroke or a diabetic, you know, challenge. He said, I, I just got to get some friends praying. And, and, and for him, the focus is, is health. For other people, the focus is money. There are a lot of people that talk about, oh, man, we've got all these financial problems and success would be if we didn't have all this debt. And yet it's pumpkin spice latte season and they're back in line buying something they probably can't afford you know, they're not practicing the Dave Ramsey idea of, of you know, uh, being able to say rice and beans, beans and rice, you know, debt is dumb, you know, cash <laughs> is king, and being able to to say, I've got to get focused on my finances. For other people, their focus is spiritually. They've got everything in their life, but there's a deep emptiness inside spiritually, and there's an emptiness because they don't have a right relationship with God. And to me, like you said earlier in the uh, when we first started, that really is the key. Where are you at in your spiritual walk? But if because if you don't have that right, then you'll adopt the wrong values on the other areas, and and it'll lead to a lot of frustration instead of a life of success. Right. Yeah. It's so critical. And I just I always when people ask me to what is the number one reason that people fail to meet their goals? It's focus. It's lack of focus because. Um, it was my goal, but then other things get in the way, and I think that that is the critical thing: is to keep keep what's important important, and keep your eyes on that. Well, you have a fun uh, you have a fun thing to share with us about Oprah's daily practice, and maybe intro that for us, and then share it. Sure, I'm happy to. So, Oprah Winfrey, uh, many people know, had a child out of wedlock when she was 15 years old. It was um, tragically through a sexual abuse experience with her uncle and just a heartbreaking story. And here's all this pain. And she openly talks about through her life and her shows and her writing that she used food after that experience and after the baby died in a Memphis hospital. She used food to cover up pain. She used food to try to manage the hurt. And, and many people have done that, Marnie. They they try to cover up the hurt inside. For some people, they use food. Other people do the opposite, and they starve themselves, and they're trying to manage the pain on the inside. And Oprah said her one secret that redefined her entire life was gratitude. And she started doing something. I recommended to my clients here in Orlando for years, and it's a concept called a gratitude journal. Every night before you go to bed, you write down three things you're grateful for, three different things, and it, and it could be simple things. I'm thankful there was gas in the car today and I could go to work. I'm thankful I have a job. Uh, I'm thankful that we're, there's plenty of food in the fridge or the pantry. But if you write down three things you're grateful for, here's how gratitude transforms. Because, Marty, when you look back at what causes people to be dissatisfied, what causes them to be tempted, even you know what caused Eve to, to struggle with temptation in the Garden of Eden, if you go back in the book of Genesis. If I'm so grateful with blessings in my life and I feel like I have enough and I'm content, 
you really can't be tempted. But reverse that. If you don't feel content, if you feel like there's something missing, now I can tempt you. And the solution for many people, because they get tempted with discouragement, loneliness, they get tempted with frustration, they get tempted with, with being critical, or they get tempted with comparison. But if I'm able to say, my life is good, you know what, we have enough, we are blessed, that simple act of gratitude will psychologically change the entire dynamic. And now, instead of maybe struggling with unhappiness, or worse, pity, you're able to be overwhelmed with gratitude. And for Oprah, she said that was the key that turned it for her when she was grateful. She was working for a TV station in Baltimore, Maryland, and they let her go, and it led to a television opportunity in Chicago across from Phil Donahue, across town from Phil Donahue, who was the king of daytime talk at the time. And those bad experiences led to a good experience of a talk show in Chicago where she just honestly said, here's how I deal with my life. And you know what? It opened up a lot of other doors because we all could relate to the importance of daily gratitude. Mm. It's so so true and it's so, um, you know, God's plan you go back to, you know, the verses that, you know, don't worry, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and petition with Thanksgiving. And it's just a key part of the whole practice. So I like how you said the difference between being grateful and dissatisfied when it comes to temptation is when you are truly okay, then it's pretty impossible to tempt you. Um, I've never heard it put that way before, and I really like it. Yeah, it's, I found, I've been a, a counselor 35 years, and uh, I've spent uh, almost 30 of those as an executive coach helping people change. And, and so what I found is if somebody's struggling with some type of addiction, which is pretty common in today's world, I know that psychologically there's, there's something missing. Somewhere in their life, it's blank is not enough. My marriage is not enough. My job is not enough. And so that's when they look to the alcohol or the affair to try to make up for where they feel discontent. If I can just help somebody be so deeply grateful, it really protects them from the addictive cycle. If somebody's just so deeply, deeply thankful, and this is what we see in other parts of the world. The, in fact, you may have seen it, Marty. The mm-hmm. National Geographic does a survey every year. They look at the happiest countries. And uh, the United States last year was number 11 in the world. And, and we have consistently fallen every year that they've, they've tracked this because what they find is the happiest people in the world many times live in some of the poorest countries because money has nothing to do with their happiness. They're happy because they have learned the scriptural principle. I remember the Apostle Paul, in whatever state I'm in, whatever condition I'm in, whatever environment I'm in, I learn to be content. And so the whole principle behind the book of Philippians is built around this idea. Remember, he wrote it from a horrible prison. And yet, he had learned to be content. He made a mental choice to be content, to say, I'm blessed, my life is enough. And when you do that, because we've removed all the externals, we would say, of this world, now, spiritually, God can come in in a powerful way. And that's what I want for for, for you, for me, for your listeners. Literally, more of God, His will, His word and less of the things of this world. Remember that old song when we were growing up, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory 
and grace. Because when we do that and we're deeply content with the Father, He is free to bless us in unusual ways. Mm, one of my favorite songs, and my dad and I would always sing that one. And I just love, I love how the end of that song is, and the things of earth will go strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. We're going to come right back with Dwight in just a moment and talk about the single greatest enemy blocking a successful life and how to stop it, as well as the Navy SEAL practice that will improve your chances of living a successful life. Don't go away. We'll be right back. across America rely on womensevents.info to find the major Christian women's events coming to their area. Womensevents.info is the only online directory of its kind featuring all the upcoming major Christian women's events. You are invited to search for events coming near you or to add your own major Christian women's events. Everything's easy and accessible over at womensevents.info. That's www.womensevents.info. Welcome back. This is Marnie, and we are visiting today with our guest, Dwight Zane. He is a um, coach as well as um, he's written a wonderful resource called Destination Success, and that's available over at Amazon. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that uh, resource, Dwight. No, I'm happy to do that. Uh, Many, many years ago, because I know that you spend a lot of time mentoring and guiding women, Marnie, and so I'm a huge believer in mentoring. And I had a mentor when I was a student at Liberty University named Elmer Towns, and he started Liberty. And and a couple years into mentoring, he said, Dwight, I want you to meet another guy I'm mentoring. He's on the West Coast, and you guys think a lot alike, and I think that I need to get you together. And I love that about Elmer because... He introduced me to the other fellow he was mentoring named John Maxwell, who's a business writer, and he was a pastor at the time. And, and I found through mentoring that we help each other. We challenge each other. We're iron sharpening iron. And so I shared some ideas with John back in the 1980s and when we first met, and he said, that's a pretty good idea. And then John started really getting into Christian publishing and writing, and he challenged me. In the early 1990s, he said, you've got to start writing. You're talking, you're teaching, but you're not writing. And if you're not writing it down, you're not helping as many people as you could. And, and he challenged me, and he said, if you'll write a, a book about some coaching principles that you're using with our company, he said, I'll write the, the, the foreword, and I'll introduce it, and I'll, I'll introduce you to some people in publishing. So fast forward, that book became a bestseller called Destination Success, and it was about how to overcome the roadblocks uh, through a coaching process, seven steps that we're talking about today. And, and the thing that I love when I talk about that book is, because uh, it's free if you have Amazon Prime, you can just download it right to your Kindle. But the thing I love is because I had the ideas before, Marnie, but I needed a mentor to say, you need to write this down. And, th- and that's why we need mentors. That's why we need people in our lives who will say, what's the vision? I see your potential. I, I see your gifting. But, man, you got to do more with this how can I help you do that? And John Maxwell did that for me, and, and that's why I do that for so many other people. I love it. And I love, too, that as you, as you wrote it, I'm sure that you had to think about it differently than even when you were sharing it verbally. That's one of the things that the, the Gratitude Journal does, as well as writing anything. It kind of pulls on a different part of our brain and our heart <laughs> when we write it. It really does. Did you experience that? Yeah, did you experience that as you were writing your book that you kind of you kind of even saw it from a different perspective just 
in, in needing to write it out. Yeah, I really did. I would put on, uh, this sounds cheesy, but I got John Williams' greatest hits on CD. Uh, remember, like, the, the theme from Jaws <laughs> and Indiana Jones and Star Wars and <laughs> Harry Potter and all that. I mean, you know, he does the theme songs for all the big movies, and it's just instrumental music. And I would put that on, and I would, I would think, how can I communicate this in a way like I'm, like I'm sitting here in my study in, in Orlando, uh, where we're talking right now, Marnie, and, and if I could have, you know, in, in my library there's a little, you know, small conference table, and if we were sitting here across the table, how could I make this so personal and, and so relevant? You know, like I'm talking to the person, not talking to a page. And sometimes, it sounds weird, but it's like I'd just be overcome with God's presence. I'd be crying because I think this is the question that I know will set some people free. And it's so, you know, really encouraging to people that I'll never meet in person, but I get to meet electronically in different parts of the world. And they'll say, you know, I read that page, and it's like you were writing it right to me. And not to sound mystical, Marnie, but I really think that God kind of stirred something up in me because I think that's how he works with communicators that would stir something up, you know, 10 years down the road for somebody on the timeline of their life. But God uses what we write now, what we speak now, right now what we're recording through your radio show to, to be able to encourage somebody at a, at a given point. They're going to listen to a podcast, and, and, and who knows? I may not even be on the planet anymore, but these words will live on, and they will challenge, and that challenge will lead to a change. And to me, that process is the journey of success. I love it, love it, and thank you for writing it. I know it's a lot of work to write a book. Okay, so let's talk about the single greatest enemy blocking a successful life and how to stop it. Well, when I think about the single greatest enemy, it's the F word for Christians, and it's our fears. Because what blocks people from a successful life is not their imagination. It's not their creativity, Marty. When when you go into Scripture, the first thing that we know about God, in the beginning, God created in the beginning you know god designed and so when i can start to get into creativity and design and for many people if i say what do you want to be when you grow up and and what do you really (laughs) think that god's designed you to do and called you to do they can answer the question and then i'll say okay so you can you can tell me the life you want the marriage you want the kind of family experiences you want what are you doing about that and they'll go oh i'm scared i i just i'm afraid dwight i might fail and so it's fear. The single biggest enemy that blocks us are the fears we have in our head because there are voices. I don't want to scare people, but there really are voices in our heads. And for some people, it's the voice of their third grade teacher who says you'll never be enough. And for other people, maybe it's a family member who said you'll, you're not going to be anything in life. But God can replace those, those words in our head, those voices in our head. And he does it through Scripture. You know, when I'm able to renew my mind with Scripture, now it's God's voice saying, daughter, you can do this. Daughter, you can change. Daughter, you can have a better life. You know, when we look in, into the Scriptures in the, in the King James Bible uh, and the New King James, there are over 300 times that, that the Bible says, don't be afraid. And I really think that's the message for all of us today. It's, how can I not be afraid? If I wasn't afraid, what would I do for God? If I wasn't afraid, how would I be able to live out the, the, the life that God's challenged me with, the, the creativity, if I wasn't so afraid? And the way, that you, the way that you tackle fear 
is you're able to step back and maybe get a couple of friends to talk to, a couple of friends to pray with. And as you start to work your way through the fears by talking through it, because, Marnie, I believe if we talk through it, we can get through it. And that's an important principle, because if I'm talking through it, and I've got other people who, I share my dreams, my, my visions, they share their dreams and, and their visions, and we're encouraging each other instead of discouraging each other, now all of a sudden something happens. The fear starts to shrink. And, and now that there's less fear, the roadblock's out of the way. You can just step over the roadblock to the life that God designed you for and the life that God wants you to live. Yeah, absolutely. Have you ever have you ever read Pilgrim's Progress or the Second Christiana? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and in there, you know, he does such good visual <laughs> visual illustrations of fear just disappearing as you walk through it. Um, you know, but you have to get the courage to walk through it. And and you're saying talk through it, which is, you know, basically whether you do that with friends or whether you do that in prayer with God, to just recognize is this the way you want me to go? Then I'm going to go. And, and if you can't, you know, if you can't do it without fear, then then go do it. You do it afraid. <laughs> but do it. Well, yeah. What God's calling you to do. Yeah. I've heard people who said, you know, I'm 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 going to get married, or we're going to have kids, or we're going to, you know, finally move out of an apartment, and get a house when we're not so scared. And it's like, <laughs> if you're waiting till you're not feeling scared, that's why the scripture tells us don't be afraid, because the Father knew we'd be scared. Marty, God knew that I'd feel that. I mean, when you start to look at the apostles in the boat during that time when Jesus was asleep in the back of the boat, and I remember all but one of them had grown up around that lake, and here were the waves that were so intense that they were all afraid they would die. And if you've grown up on the lake and you've seen what you think are, you know, every storm, and these guys are, you know, in their 20s and 30s, and they're scared it's so bad, they were really scared. And the master wakes up, and he says to the wind and the waves, peace be still, and then he says to the disciples, guys, don't be so afraid. And then, and then Marnie, he just went back to sleep. And when I think about what's going to help me to get past my fear, one is to know that all humans have fear. And two is to be able to say, Lord Jesus, can you help me with my fear? He will. But then I can just get back to you know, the normalcy of life. And some kids are scared at bedtime, and we tell them to pray and trust God. And sometimes I want to say to their mom or their dad, you know what, you can pray and trust God, too. It works for moms and dads, just like it does little kids. <laughs> right, and it doesn't only happen at bedtime. Well, one of the things that's kind of interesting about, oftentimes when that statement's made in the Bible, it's when God or an angel has shown up. You know, and I think that that's really, if you're, if you're looking at something that God's putting in your heart to do, a natural reaction to a God-sized task is going to be fear. And then yeah. God is going to calm that fear and carry you forward. So, you know, it's not a bad emotion. It just feels bad. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a normal human emotion. And I know that your listeners, are, maybe they've got big dreams, big hopes, big plans, or maybe they're facing some pretty scary things. It's, it's, it's moving past the fear, Marnie. And that's why I want people listening to podcasts. That's why I want people just constantly renewing their mind and not watching you know, television news or not watching social media to see, you know, who's in a scandal with what, because that's not going to renew your mind. That's going to build the fear, and that's going to make that big roadblock bigger. I want people focusing on the can-do instead of the can't-do. If you take, in the book I talked about, if you, and this isn't original to me, I saw it on a bumper sticker, but, but it's the idea, if you take the word impossible 
and you just break it up a little bit, and you go I apostrophe M space possible. I'm possible. Impossible can become I'm possible by just adding an apostrophe. You know, it's a mindset shift, and that's why shows like this are so important, because it helps people to gain that sense of, you mean I can be stronger, I can have a more successful life, and and that's why, Marnie, I wish they were sitting at the table with us so I could say, yes, God God designed you for a more abundant life. Let me show you how. Love it. Well, we're going to move on to the next point about the Navy SEAL practice, but as I think of Navy SEALs, of course, I am so grateful, but I also think of uh, the toughest, most, <laughs> you know, fearless, uh, men and women in our culture uh, who who be who you know get to this level of Navy SEAL is not an easy thing and um, you know I just have so much respect and gratitude to them. But you have a practice that they do that you want to share with us that maybe even I could do and I'm would never be able to be a Navy SEAL. Well, you know what? We can't be a Navy SEAL, but. Something I learned from my friend Pat Williams, who started the Orlando Magic, and Pat's been in my Sunday school class, uh, the class I'm allowed to teach here in Orlando for, gosh, over 20 years. And Pat wrote a book years ago called Read for Your Life, and it became a a, a classic. It's used by the NBA all around the country with kids in at-risk schools. And the whole concept is about reading, right? So Pat challenged me years ago, read a book a week. It'll change your life. And we have a great library here in Orlando, So I started reading a book a week. And one of the books I read was The Leadership Secrets of the Navy SEALs. It was a New York Times bestseller last year. And so I'm really, I'm ready for the big stuff. I mean, what's the big thing that a Navy SEAL does that I could do? Because I can't do the physical stuff, but I bet you I could do some of the mental stuff. Some of the, you know, this mental toughness. And and are you ready for the the single greatest test of every Navy SEAL? Are you ready, Marnie? I'm ready. Snooze button snooze button. Do not hit the snooze button. Get up on the first alarm. That's the secret. Because the Navy SEALs, the most elite of the special forces, found out if you'll do a tiny discipline consistently first thing in the day, you get up on the first alarm. No snooze button. When your feet hit the floor, you make up your bed. No waiting. No procrastinating that you're able to have these certain morning rituals. Ariana Huffington, in her book Thrive, talked about how that she physically collapsed because she was so burned out with adrenal fatigue, and her body literally collapsed. And, and when she was rebuilding her health, she talks about the importance of what she learned at the best places around the world uh, of a daily ritual, a morning routine, what you and I would say, getting up in the morning, having a time of meditation. But for the Navy SEALs, no snooze button, get up at the first alarm, and then have a, an instant discipline. For them, it's making the bed. And we say, well, how does that apply to me? Most of us could accomplish more of our goals, Marnie, if we were more disciplined. You know, we'd, like we talked about before, if we were intentional, if we were focused. And so when I start to look at somebody who says, I just can't get anything done, well, yeah, the, the research tells us the average American will spend 1.2 years of their lifetime flipping through channels on Netflix or cable to try to find something to watch. They'll spend almost two years of their entire life looking for their car keys or their cell phone. 
And so getting some structure in life, like a Navy SEAL, you, you lay out your clothes the night before. You have your go bag ready to go. You already know what you're going to have for breakfast because it's already laid out. You don't spend time thinking about, wow, what am I going to do tomorrow because it's already carefully mapped out. These tiny disciplines implemented immediately when you wake up. And then what happens is you start with tiny disciplines. And as the day goes on, Marnie, you're like a machine. You're knocking stuff out. I mean, you're getting it done, but you're not so stressed. You're not so anxious. You're feeling stronger instead of weaker. And it all starts with a snooze button. Mm, I love it. Those morning routines are so important. One of the ones that I started years ago that I just love is even before I open my eyes, I start just talking to God. And usually I'm going through the Lord's Prayer, personalizing that. Good morning, Daddy. I'm so glad you're up in heaven and not stuck down here yeah. in traffic like I am. You can see the big picture, and I just go through the Lord's Prayer, get up, and as I'm getting dressed for the day, put on the armor of Christ. And it's just those morning routines, once you have them in place, just kind of do set the pace, set the, um, set the music of the day, the marching, the marching orders, if you will, and that's great. Do you have a morning routine, real quick? Do you have a morning routine that you'd like to share? Yeah, well, I've, I've since I read that, I went, you know what, man, that's pretty good. So I got rid of the snooze button, and then uh, mm-hmm. I, I get up, I turn off all of our porch lights, the security lights, the security system, put the coffee on for my wife and I because we have coffee in the morning, and then I walk. And while I'm walking, I'm praying for different friends, family members. I have a devotional time. I eat usually, you know, Quaker oats and, you know, some raisins and pretty simple breakfast, keep the cholesterol down, all that. But that morning ritual, you know, in the shower at a certain time, and for me, I set a little timer on my smartphone, and that keeps me very on track with the morning ritual. And by doing that, having the meditation time, having a time in Scripture, what I found is you get more done in the day, and then knowing, okay, the traffic in Orlando is pretty bad, so I, I know that I've got to leave at a certain time so I'm not rushed to get to work. Because if you start the day rushed and anxious, it just gets worse. But if you can start the day calm and strong, it'll get better because you're better. And it all started mm-hmm. with a snooze button. I <laughs> love that. And, of course, the other thing about starting a day with routines like that is that it allows you to start it kind of on your terms. Instead of having life just feel like it's flooding over us, it, we can start it with with God with that sense of peace and order. And even if the day goes kind of crazy later, you have that good start as a foundation. We're going to take a break and come right back with our guest today, Dwight Bain, and we're going to talk about the single word that will uncover your inner strength as well as why people seem to have a lucky success magnet and how you can tap into your own, into their secret for yourself. We'll be right back. Do you ever need a guest speaker? Or maybe you're a speaker who's available to go. Check out womenspeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world since 2002. Connecting thousands of planners with over 1,300 speakers. Speakers are available to you from every state, denomination, experience level, and fee range. You simply search when you have time, anytime, day or night, and connect directly with the speakers that interest you. No middlemen, no hidden fees. It's all simple, easy, enjoyable, and online. Check it out today at womenspeakers.com. That's www.womenspeakers.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie. You're joining us at Marnie's Friends, and we're talking about the seven success secrets 
<laughs> and we have a wonderful guest here today with us. It's Dwight Bain, and um, we've got a little background noise going on here. Hopefully, it's not too much. Uh, Dwight is uh, website is d w i g h t b as in boy a i n dot com. Dwight, let's go ahead and talk about the single word that will uncover your inner strength. And maybe before you even get to the single word, what are you talking about when you talk about inner strength? Well, when I talk about inner strength, I believe that, especially in American culture, a lot of people feel weak. Marnie, they feel defeated. They feel beat up, and they feel beat down. They feel like their life doesn't matter, that they're not important, they're not valuable. But I believe that you know, God allowed his son Christ to be sacrificed because we are incredibly valuable. We are of incredible worth. And so to me, that inner strength is your potential, unlocking God's design. Who are you designed to be? And, and as I said, many people just feel like that they're not worthy. And I've seen some incredibly uh, successful people on the outside, but if you, when, you, when you peel it back, they'll, they'll tell you, I'm not that good. I'm, I'm not that successful. I really, you know, I've got all these insecurities. And, and so that's why I take them to the one word that will unlock all of that. And that one word goes back to the issue of belief. What you believe about yourself will become your reality because your belief will determine your behavior. If your belief is that you're not valuable, then you'll treat your body in a way that's, that, that, that reflects that. If you believe that your time, that you've got all the time in the world, then you'll waste a lot of time flipping through channels or catching up you know, on the cute kitten videos at Facebook because those kitten videos are really cute. But if you believe your time is limited, then you won't waste time. You see, belief is the key to inner strength. If I believe that I've been put on this earth for a period of time, that my days are numbered. Psalms 90 the, you know, was written by Moses, the man of God. And, and Moses said, Lord, teach us to number our days. Mm-hmm. Because, Marty, when somebody's able to see, I want to make every day count. If that's what they believe then they won't waste time. They'll become more efficient. They'll, they'll follow the, the routines and the patterns of very efficient people. But if somebody believes, you know, this marriage is going to be here forever. They won't spend any time to make the marriage better. If they believe that, you know, I'm just going to feed the kids. You know, the story time is not that big of a deal. I don't have time to do that right now. I've got to do this. Our belief will determine our behavior. If somebody says that they believe exercise is important, if they believe organization is important, great. Show me what your car looks like. Show me you know, your YMCA membership and how many times you go. You can measure behavior. I'm in the field of behavioral psychology. We can measure behavior. But when we measure behavior, Marnie, it tells me what somebody believes. And if they don't have a view of them the way God sees them as valuable, as worthwhile, then they'll live inconsistent with God's plan. When they can see themselves the way God sees them, it changes everything, and it goes back to belief. That's so cool. So as you're, and, and I always go back to, you know, Hebrews eleven six. without faith, it's impossible to please God because uh, he rewards those who believe he exists and is a rewarder. When you're talking with people about their beliefs, where do you start? Like, how do you, do you just look at their behavior and say, I can, I can identify where your beliefs are uh, falling short of your goals? Well, if they're, and here's where it comes down to. It's a great question because I can't have the conversation with them if they're not willing to be honest. You know, a lot of people, 
they, they, they complain about a bunch of stuff, but they don't really want to change a bunch of stuff. And complaining, you know, complain, you can't get anywhere. I mean, it's almost like even, uh, even God can't deal with a complainer. If somebody's just busy complaining and whining, that they're not praying or praising. They're just stuck on something that, that doesn't matter. John Gordon is a motivational writer in Jacksonville, great guy. Uh, he's a believer. John likes to say, Jesus can turn water into wine, but he can't turn your whining into anything. And I thought, well, that's a pretty good idea. <laughs> when somebody's able to, to say, okay, I'm going to get honest. You know what? My finances aren't where they need to be. I'm going I'm to get honest. My relationship with my kids is not where it needs to be. So when they're honest, now we can have a conversation about belief. One of the coaching tools that I use is a series of dashboards where we measure the person against their potential in a dozen strategic areas. Because when you're doing that, if somebody's honest about how they manage their time or the clutter in their home, because uh, Marie Kondo wrote a book called The Ancient Japanese Art of Decluttering. It was a New York Times bestseller two years ago. And the decluttering movement was kind of, you know, popularized because people figured out, you know what, if my house is cluttered, maybe it's a reflection. Here's the behavioral piece. Maybe it's a reflection that my mind is cluttered. And if I've got all this clutter going on, I'm not able to find and do the things that I need to do to be successful. And so by clearing clutter and simplifying physical clutter in your home, your closet, or your car, you're able to now have a simpler uh, access to be able to say, now I can focus more on the things that matter. And part of that is scripture, and certainly part of that is relationship. Uh, so we can measure the behavior that shows the belief only when somebody says, I'm willing to get my feelings hurt and to look at the truth. Yeah, you talk about... Um some people having a success magnet, and I know that, you know, from from the outside looking at very successful people, it does appear that, you know, they just showed up successful, but uh, you wanted to share with us a little bit about how we could tap into the secret of successful people. Yeah, I, I like to study people, and I do that through biographies, um, you know, people that I'll, I'll never meet, but I can read their story, and I like to listen to their stories, because... I believe that there's always opportunity, and I call it a success magnet because once you can get past your own fears, your own doubts, your own insecurities, and you can start to listen to other people's stories, I believe you're going to start to see opportunity everywhere. And and there's a lot of opportunity if I can get you past what maybe we might call the Eeyore complex. If you remember the Winnie the Pooh series, remember the character Eeyore? I don't think so. I don't think it's going to work. And when you're able to get past Eeyore, uh, just nothing's going to go right, then I think that God will open your eyes to be able to see, wow, here's some pretty cool things that can happen in our marriage, in our church, in our home, in our family. But it won't happen till you get past you, till you get past some old uh, negative mindsets. And remember, it wasn't God that put that negative mindset there. The, the God of the heavens has a great purpose for you, and he has a great plan for you. Uh, I, I love biographies, and like I said, I love to look at opportunity. Let me tell you the story of a, a girl from right here in Florida. Her name's Sarah Blakely, 
and and she's a billionaire today, but she wasn't a billionaire when she started. She graduated from Florida State uh, here, and uh, I'm in Orlando, and she graduated from from Florida State in Tallahassee. And she had an idea when she came to work at the Walt Disney Company right here in my backyard in Orlando. And they made the women wear pantyhose in the corporate office, and she hated it. And, and, and Marnie, she listened to all the other women in the corporate office at the Walt Disney uh, corporate offices in Orlando, and they all complained about wearing pantyhose. And, and Sarah said, you know, how come? And, and she's just a, like out of college. I mean, she's a girl in her 20s. And, and so she came up with an idea you may have heard of called Spanx, which yeah. is uh, like a, you know, it's, but it's not pantyhose. Right, and she wanted something that would make her clothes look good, but she just refused to wear the pantyhose. So she literally she took a pair of pantyhose, control top, and cut them off, kind of biker short kind of an idea. But today, Sarah Blakely's personal income—I'm looking at it right now on Wikipedia—her personal net worth is 1.4 billion dollars, and she's just a young woman. And you say, well, how did she do that? She saw an opportunity. You know, I, I grew up here in the South. In fact, I grew up here in Florida where Sarah grew up. And, and I've heard, you know, my mom and, and, and then my wife and, and other women and offices I worked at, I heard them all complaining about pantyhose. But you know what? This girl from Florida State said, I wonder if I could do something about that. She stopped focusing on the complaining, and she started focusing on options and opportunities. I, I love to share with my kids the concept that you always have options. You always have options, but you have to stop complaining to be able to see it. And so if somebody's complaining about their marriage, then I'm going uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get them to stop complaining because I've got to get them to what's working right in your marriage. If they're complaining about their job, maybe I want them to see you have a job. The complaining mm-hmm. is stealing more energy from you than you know. It may mm-hmm. be robbing you blind. And being able to change that, shut down the complaining, the whining, the, the criticism, attacking, the blaming, the minimizing, the justifying, the rationalizing, tune that all out and then quietly say, Lord God, you put me in this job, you put me in this relationship, Lord, what would you have me do? And I believe that God is faithful. He will open your eyes. He will show you that the fields are white unto harvest. He will give you opportunities, but not until you stop complaining. The children of Israel mm-hmm. complained in the wilderness but when they were able to stop complaining and get back to worship, God opened up the promised land. And I think that's true for you and me. Oh, I love that. And I think we make excuses. You're like, I could never do that. I could never be that. I loved learning about Sarah Blakely, the one you were just describing here for us, $1.4 billion. She goes to bed early. Most nights she's in bed early. Um, you don't have to be superhuman to do these things. You just have to walk out what God created you to do. And look for the next step. And I always like to say, you know, in, in the Psalms when it says light for my feet and light for my path, I think of it like a flashlight or a lantern. And that doesn't give light for the next 20 years. It gives light for the next thing to do. And yeah. so even if God has put a big picture goal and dream in your head, what he's probably going to give you light for is your next step what you need to be doing now to prepare for that down the road. And it's really doable. I find that's what I find even like right now I'm kind of in an overwhelming stage in my life. Um, but it's doable because what I really need to do is ask God, what should I do today? I don't have to have it all figured out for the whole rest of the year, 10 years. 
I just need to know what to do today. God's really faithful to show us that much, to help us that far. So when you think, when you think about this lucky success magnet, um, do you have, do you, like when somebody's really stuck in complaining, they're really stuck in being only negative, what do you encourage? What do you, what do you, where do you tell them to start? Well, I'm going to call them out. I'm going to be able to say, can I tell you the truth? You know, if somebody had a piece of spinach stuck in their teeth, I would say, you know, I'm just trying to be your friend. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. So I would talk to them, Marnie, about the blind spot. You cannot get to the creative part of the brain if you're on the critical part. You just, you know, it's, you're blocking yourself at that point. But once I'm able to, once they'll give me the freedom to help them with the blind spot, now I can say, this is hurting you more than you know, but you can get through it. I'm going to be encouraging. In fact, I believe strongly in the idea of critique, not criticism. It's kind of a coaching idea because critique is about, let me help you improve your game. Let me help you to move past this. Criticism is just kind of a personal attack. And and so I'm going to have a conversation with somebody. Now, that's really going to have to be a private conversation because sometimes when you get around other people, there are some folks that kind of just like to put other people down. And I don't like that, but... Uh, I want to get away from those people. So I want you to be in a healing environment. That's why I know that you've got a group of these, you know, the, 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 I heard during the, the commercial break, a group of these women communicators, right? So I want people to go to events. I want them to be around other positive people. I want them to be around individuals that are going to challenge their thinking, that are going to make them better, that are going to make them think godly thoughts instead of critical thoughts because it's the people that you're around that will either draw out the best, or the people that you are around can also draw out all of that pity and complaining. And, you know, you think your life is bad. Let me tell you how bad my life is. Well, that's nothing. Let me tell you about my life. And and then they're so busy complaining, they walk away from the conversation beat up and beat down. And that's that's not what God designed us for. In small group and in in healthy relationship, I want to be around people that bring the best out of me. And then... I want to be in the kind of relationship where I can bring the best out of them. And we do it with these honest confrontations, these honest critiques to drag things out of the blind spot so we can get it into the growth zone. Beautiful. I love that word, the growth zone. Well, this is Marty Flubberg. We're visiting today with Dwight Bain. His website is DwightBain.com. He spells his name D-W-I-G-H-T. B-A-I-N. We're going to come right back and talk about a secret to living a meaningful life of success, as well as the decision that will propel you faster and most steadily towards success. We'll be right back. There is a huge difference between working for God and allowing God to work through us. My latest book, Flow Through Vessel, explains how to master the habit of letting God flow through our lives. When we try to do everything good for God, we quickly fail. But when we learn how to allow God to flow His life and love through us, we find strength for the day. Check out this new Bible study resource at www.marnie.com. That's www.marnie.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie, and we are working through this hour today with our guest, Dwight Bain, the author of Destination Success, as well as a 
online resource at his website, DwightBain.com, D-W-I-G-H-T-B as in boy, A-I-N. Dwight, welcome back. We're going to talk next about a secret to living a meaningful life of success. So we've been talking a lot about success this hour and about how critical it is to be focused on what's really important, to have some basic disciplines in place, to be willing to step back and receive input from others and to um, take our eyes off of the things that are wrong, putting our eyes onto the potential that God has in front of us. So I'm curious what this success uh, secret might be here. (laughs) Well, when I think about you know, the, the, the big thing I want people to walk away with is about adding value. I want, if you want a meaningful life, you're not going to do it alone. Who in your life can you add value to? In a personal relationship, a friend, maybe somebody you know at church, somebody at work. Who can you add value to? My, my friend John Maxwell defines success that the people closest to you respect you and love you the most. Now that's a pretty good definition because it means it's not about who looks the best, who has the nicest home, nicest car, all that stuff. No. It's about do the people closest to you respect you the most? Do they love you the most? Because when we have that kind of a life and I'm adding value to them and and Marnie, they're adding value back to me. You know, that's one of the things I love about uh, about a a talk show like this. You're adding value to hundreds of thousands of people, right? And so you're adding value, and that's creating worth. That's creating success in somebody's journey, in somebody's life. So the greatest secret to me, if you want a meaningful life, don't do it alone. Bring somebody with you. Who could you encourage today? You know, last week God put somebody on my heart who I knew was going through a tough time, and my wife and I thought about, how could we do something simple that would just really encourage this leader in a different part of the country. And and the cool thing was that we had to make a couple of phone calls, but we were able to, to bless somebody, and they didn't know it was us. Isn't that cool? Mm-hmm. So very fun. It's just God gets the glory. Hey, you know what? A lot of people respect your leadership, and we appreciate you more than you know. You know, your friends in, in Christ. But being able yeah. to say the big secret don't do life alone. Bring other people with you on the journey. Uh, there was a, a story that I heard a long time ago I love of a guy who was so busy trying to get the bigger house, the bigger everything, and then he got cancer. And he was fighting for his life. And he figured out, you know, I was trying to accomplish everything in life that didn't matter. He said, it's like my, my three-year-old. When he gets the cookie, he's happy. When he doesn't get the cookie, he cries. And he said, for me, it used to be the bigger house, the bigger car, the, the nicer stuff, the fancier watch or the fancier phone. He said, that used to be my cookie. He said, now life is the cookie. Living a good life, spending it with the people that I care about, you're not going to live forever. So enjoy the ride, enjoy the journey, and take some people with you. When you're able to live a life like that, and you're able to bring some people along with you, and you add value to their life, and they add value to your life, I believe that that will be so dynamic that other people will, will come along and they'll go, what, what motivates you? And that's when we can talk about our faith in Christ. That's when I'm able to say, you know what? Jesus loves me, this I know, 
for the Bible tells me so. Jesus changed my life. Let me share some things with you about why we live different. And in the process, I believe that we'll be able to, to share the Jesus story of how Christ changed my life with some other folks. It'll change their life, too. But it all starts because you're adding value. Mm, I love that. Add value. And you have one last thing you wanted to share with us today, the decision that will propel you faster and most steadily towards success. What is the decision that would do that? Having a coach. You know, Marty, you need to have somebody in your life that holds you to a growth standard. And I'm blessed to have people in my life like that. And, and it's like, okay, great, Dwight, that's good stuff, but tell me, you know, what are you doing? How are you going to change? How are you going to improve? How can you be better? How can you, you know, be more consistent? When we have a coach in our life, it helps us move forward. In fact, there's a guy you would have never heard of who had attention deficit disorder from a broken home. His mom put him into lessons with a coach when he was a teenage boy because she was trying to get him tired so he'd sleep at night. And put him into mm-hmm. swimming lessons, actually. And his coach, Bob Bowman, took an interest in this young man whose dad had abandoned the family. And, of course, I'm talking about Michael Phelps, the winningest uh, athlete in the history of the Olympics. But it's because he had a coach. And I've heard him, when he was 14 years old, talk about Coach Bowman on a YouTube video. And then when he retired from the Olympics this last time, having done a greater job in the Olympics than anybody ever in history had, he gave credit to God. Because through a rehab facility, he came into a right relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ, and through a pastor named Rick Warren out at Saddleback Church in California. He gave credit to his mom, and he gave credit to his coach, Bob Bowman. He said, I'm here because of these reasons, not because I'm a swimmer. There's a lot of great swimmers, but it's these people in my life and my faith walk. That's what makes me different, and that's what I hope people will remember. It's the mentors, the coaches. Those are the relationships that bring out the best, Marnie. You do that for women all around the world, and and I'm happy to have uh, shared a few minutes with you today and with your listeners. Wow, so terrific. Dwight, you have a program called the LifeWorks Group. What is that about? Uh, LifeWorks Group in Orlando does counseling and coaching and communication events. Um, I have an opportunity to speak for different organizations, Uh, This week, in fact, I'll be in Nashville talking to leaders about how to reinvent their career in the middle years of life and uh, being able to partner with some colleges and some other online organizations to create training material to help people see the value of having a coach in your life. And that's something I'm really passionate about. And LifeWorks is just the, the, the place where I work some days, and then other days I'm, you know, I'm working with a, a relief organization. I believe that God will take you to some pretty interesting places when you get past that Eeyore thing. And that's for me, too, to say, Lord, what are the opportunities yeah. you want me to be involved with today? And he's pretty faithful to reveal that. He really is. And I think the important thing is to remember that, you know, we can be all uh, all full of faith in some areas of our life and full of fear or discouragement in other areas of our life and that God is looking to bring us into a a place where we can trust him no matter what's going on, no matter what's happening in our life. Do I have a favorite Bible verse? Um, I would think that my favorite Bible verse, it's sort of like my favorite book. And it's the one that I just read. And this morning I was reading in Psalms. (laughs) Can you hear me? 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so this morning I'm reading in the Psalms because, you know, my favorite verse that I'll come back to, and, and, and it's interesting because I write in my Bible, and I was going through some really challenging times in 2015, and I'm reading through Psalms uh, 51 through 57 this morning, and I saw where I'd written in the margin, and I hadn't read it in a long time. And I was just encouraged because I saw God's faithfulness back through a really tough time. And I thought, I need to do this more to just write in the margin the date of an answered prayer. Because what it will show me is God is continually faithful. And his mercies are new every morning. And so, uh, my, my, you know, do I have a favorite kid? No, I love them both. But do I have a favorite book? Yeah, the one I'm reading the most. And do I have a favorite verse? Right. Yep. And this morning it was King David and the Psalms. Love that. Love that. Well, this hour has flown by. I'm so grateful that you could be here. You've shared great content with us. So much to take to heart and apply to life immediately today. Thank you, Dwight. It's an honor to be with you. God bless. God bless you, too. And thank you guys for being here. It's always so fun to have you ride along with us on Wednesday afternoons and uh, learn what we're learning kind of at the same time. I'm, I'm taking all this into I've got pages and notes here. I always do. <laughs> so excited to have you guys with us. Thank you to those of you who uh, share, the, uh, share the show on your own websites around the web. To those of you who listen to the archives and to those of you who are Stitcher, iTunes, and the syndicate stations, so grateful to all of you. And, of course, just a little reminder that, um, like Dwight says, I, too, believe in ongoing coaching and mentoring and have uh, coaching time available over at Marnie.com. Anytime you need it, just go ahead and register. I don't do an ongoing coaching program at this point, but um, do have coaching sessions available. If you just need an outside perspective or a second braid to look at something that you're going through or thinking about doing or Whatever it is, um, maybe a book idea or website relay or whatever it is that you're doing or thinking about doing, I would love to discuss that with you. And all of that's available to you over at Marnie.com. Also, just so you know, if you aren't already getting the weekly Marnie Minute e-signs, you can register for those over at Marnie.com. Just use the contact button to let us know you'd like to be on that. And otherwise, we will see you again next time at Marnie's Friends. Have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Bye-bye. your best life possible and share biblical success principles with others register for the spy coach certification program today spy or spi stands for success principles intensive it's a six-hour online program that equips you to fully comprehend and train biblical success principles you can check it out today over at marnie.com it's available as part of the mentorship program or you can buy it as a standalone certification program Learn more now at Marnie.com. That's M-A-R-N-I-E.com.